everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Yes, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's really true. I say it every week, and it's true. Uh, well, Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing, writing life, as well as uh, video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors uh, across the genres. Got a good one up there with Michael Elias right now. Fascinating guy. Interesting guy. And uh, talked all about his life in Hollywood, life on the stage. Now he's writing novels. What an interesting guy. Uh, check that out. Um, uh, we'll have another good one next month also. Uh, I'll tell you about that next week maybe. Author to well, we're also brought to you or funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, the PNWA. They've been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955, and uh, going to keep doing it. Uh, we're going to be doing our conference, I think, virtually this year. It looks like, as are a lot of people, I'm going to be doing a virtual conference in Alaska. Uh, I'm going to be doing a virtual conference in Portland. Of course, I'll be in Seattle for all of it. But that's what people are doing right now. Oh, it's good. We're learning new stuff. Yes, we are. Well, so we're going to do it. So wherever you are, wherever you are, doesn't matter. If you want to be able to take classes on the craft, of, I think now that it's virtual, I'll be able to do some classes there. Um, and if you want to pitch to agents and editors, because they're going to be available. If you've got a manuscript or maybe a movie idea, you want to pitch it. Well, we're going to have people there for you, producers, agents, and editors. No matter where you are, you can take part in this. It's great. It's a brand new world. I'll do miss, I'll miss the face-to-face. I'm not going to lie. I like it. But I'm glad that we're finding another way to do this, and I think this is going to open up new possibilities for us. Anyway, it's all there. PNWA.org. Yes. Took last week off. It's good. I take a little time off every, I don't take, I don't take, I don't go on a holiday. I don't, I don't take vacations really. I don't. And it's not that I'm a workaholic. I just don't see my life as needing, I don't need breaks from it, but every once in a while, maybe take a week off here or there. Is that okay? I think it is. I think it is. Well, but I'm back and I'm back with a good one. Ann Crawford, screenwriter, filmmaker, novelist. She's the best-selling author of 10 books. She's a screenwriter and an award-winning filmmaker. She has been a part of an improv uh, team, did the odd acting gig here and there, and even had a stint in talent management. Her latest novel, Funny One, Life in the Hollywood Lane, takes a funny and compassionate look at the challenging life of being a Hollywood actress. Oh, it's good stuff. Anne, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, and thanks for having me here. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, we got to unpack this biography you, but you've done a lot of stuff, like a lot of artists I know, I got to admit. You know, we all find, you know, here's something. Isn't it interesting with being an artist, just artist in general? There's really no way, like, unlike other professions where, I mean, things are a little more laid out for you, maybe, if you're an engineer or a teacher or, a, you know, a lawyer or something or a doctor. With artists, it feels like it's just, they, you just kind of get thrown out into the, to the sea and figure it out yourself. Would you say that's a fair, uh, fair description? 
I would say that's a very fair description. I heard a term recently that applies to permaculture, but it also applies to the artist's life, and that's called a perfect meandering. <laughs> and I feel like my life was a perfect meandering, and it came together for this book. Everything yeah. I did, the filmmaking, the being an extra on set, all that Everything came together to be able to write this book, so I'm happy about that. Well, that is great. Things are often like that. The things, how I was saying that great movie, um, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, where his strange, deprived life, you know, provides all the fuel he needs, all the answers he needs to the question for that show. So your life right. is a bit like that, maybe, but. I, well, so how did it start for you? So you've done some acting, you screen, you did improv. What, like, what did like did you? What was the plan initially when you were a young yeah. pup? <laughs> I'm curious. Well, people ask me when I started writing, and it and I my answer is as soon as I could hold a pencil at age right. three. You're one of those. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So I think I always wanted to be a writer, but practicality and all these other things came along the way and I actually got a degree in um, business with an emphasis in marketing which got me a lot of jobs I'm grateful for that Um, but the writing bug didn't hit me until my mid-20s or so and along the line I started making movies Um, like my first documentary I went to Vietnam with a group of vets and filmed them going back to where they'd been stationed and doing humanitarian work. And that movie, like you said, won a very prestigious award. And then I made another documentary where I traveled the world and interviewed people from all walks of life about how we can make world peace. And that was another, just both of those experiences were the honors of a lifetime. And then... Well, hold on, hold on. Slow down, slow down. So you're, you're, cause you're in, you're in, uh, you get a degree in marketing. You're interested in writing. So you have, but it's a big deal. A degree in marketing, a degree in business with an emphasis in marketing does not prepare you to make documentary films. So no. what, like, like that's a huge learning curve. And, and also tell me about waking up and saying, you know what I really want to do? I mean, what did you know of that and think, and did, what, did he tell you his story and you thought I need to, like, how did that, what, what provoked that? Well, um, I had started writing, and I started writing screenplays, too, and I took a uh, okay. filmmaking class to, just because I was curious, and a friend of mine was in it, and, and I just fell in love with every aspect of filmmaking. Oh, and at the same okay. time, I also did a lot of work for Amnesty International, and mm. for Long story short, I ended up calling the Veterans Vietnam Restoration Project to see if they could help with an amnesty project, and they couldn't, but he was telling me about how they go to Vietnam, and I said, could I go? Do you have to be a vet? Could I film it? And he said, sure. (laughs) So that's how that happened. (laughs) Hey, do you know a woman named Sarah Bloom? No. Okay, oh, she's yeah. a local. She she was a vet, and she's also she does all this work with vets um, in terms of dealing with their uh, PTSD. She's like a nurse, but she's also a Vietnam vet, and she did stuff where she traveled back. With I wondered if maybe your your paths had ever crossed. She's an interesting local 
person. All right. Well, okay. Just curious. So, all right. So you made this, and so you, so you were interested. So you had to pick up a. You probably needed like film, film. You didn't have video or whatever. Probably it actually. Well, this was when I took the film class. It was actual, actual film, film, um, where you splicing. So you know, it was the history of film at this point. (laughs) Yeah. But the. For the Vietnam documentary, it was video, early video, I what, high eight, something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was a while ago. <laughs> All right, but you made it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like starting a business or something, isn't it? I mean, because it's like you need all this money. You need, you got to have to distribute it. You, I mean, it's it's like a whole thing. The made, well, if, you had known, if you had known what you had to do, you never would have done it probably. If you had known, well, if I'd known, right, right. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done it. But I right. got a lot of help. I did some fundraising, and I got a distributor for it right away. And oh, they're nice. the ones okay. that entered it in the film contest. And right. So. Yeah. All right. So okay. So you're a creative person, and so you do that. And at this point, have you said goodbye to the world of business and marketing, or are you just taking? A no, it kept showing up. <laughs> no, right. I. I say goodbye but um then I made the second movie and then now we're up into the 2000s and I had my first book published I wrote my first book 12 days say (laughs) it again I wrote the first book my first book that got published I wrote it in 12 days oh it was a download it was stream of consciousness was it fiction no it was um non-fiction called visioning and um, you wrote it was it the in third okay, book so I wrote. About, but the, what was that like? So you so you'd written a couple other books. Were they were they nonfiction also, like you know, personal reflection kind of stuff? No, the first two were fiction. Um, okay. And I did get an agent for the very first one who said, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe this is your first book. I'm going to sell it this summer." Well, right. that didn't happen. <laughs> but it gave me. I mean, it inspired me to keep writing. Right. And when. Sell it that summer, she said. If you do nothing else, just keep writing. So all right, oh that's so that was really. And how old were you then? So you're a youngish person. Youngish yeah, I was mid twenties. Okay, so you're so you're just starting out, and that's really great to hear. I remember, you know, my wife had the same experience when she she uh, took a, a she was an author illustrator, and she was at a writers conference, and there was this you know person from Viking or Penguin or something, and she was like an art director, and she said it's going to happen for you. Like there's no doubt. And that was really nice. I think it's, she was still young. And so that was very helpful for her. So that oh, was good. Wonderful. You got a little boost. You got that boost, yeah. you know, but, but in no cell, and then you write this, this book called visioning and that's non, is that just sort of again, personal kind of reflections it, or is it kind of, did you think of it as like channeled or what, how did you see that? Um, I don't think of it as channeled. It's more like downloaded. It, I mean, it yeah. certainly came from a place beyond me. Um, right. But it was also a conglomeration of everything I'd ever learned, you know, right. kind of along the lines of the secret or about right. the law sure. of attraction and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, although, oh God, the secret came out in like the mid 2000s, I think, didn't it? When did that come right. out? But it's the same. I mean, the the philosophy behind the secret has been, around, been around for forever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. They just, well, in fact, there's a, really good teacher I like who they kind of borrowed it. She kind of borrowed it from a little bit, but we won't get into that. Um, okay. So, uh, so, 
All right, so you down so you download now. Let me ask you when uh, I know what that means. I know exactly what that means, but not everybody does. Now probably a lot of our listeners do, but some don't. So when someone says to you, "What do you mean you downloaded it? You're a human being. You're not a robot. You're not a computer. <laughs> you wrote it. What does that mean? How do you explain it to them if they are skeptical? Because you know, well anyway. So what do you say aside from just? I heard say? a great story about a writer who. Her thoughts, came, her ideas came to her in a cloud. And one time what? she was out, like, really? no, I don't think like a real cloud, but just a cloud over her head. And one time she was out in her backyard and the cloud passed over and she grabbed it and she ran in the house and she wrote down all the ideas and they came out backwards. I mean, is what? that crazy or what? Wow. But, wow. Wow. <laughs> and another thing, I, Stephen King when somebody once asked him, where do your ideas come from? And he said, well, if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really rude, but he was also saying he didn't know where they come from. Right. I think they just come, you know, as from the muse, from, from somewhere outside yeah. of us. The idea is just, my characters come and knock on the shower door. I mean, they don't sure. leave me alone. Well, I've written their story. <laughs> I interviewed um, uh, James Lee Burke, the uh, crime writer, and I was just because I was in my latest book. I put a little quote from him in there because he was the first novelist I interviewed. Everybody kind of dances around this this issue of where the ideas kind of come from. But he he's like he was in his eighties, and he was like, "Look, I don't whatever you believe in, whatever your faith or lack of faith, you have to get make peace with the fact that it does not come from you." You just got to get over that. And you, whatever, however you understand that, whatever you call it, but if you think you're doing it alone, you can't do it. And I, and I was really appreciated that because I'd always kind of known that, but it was great to hear it from somebody who was an old cocker and who had written a ton of books and who just didn't give a shit anymore and was just going to call it like it is. And I do feel that that's the truth. On some level, you have to make peace with that. Yeah. Right, right. I don't know if you've ever heard of Barbara Marks Hubbard, but she had she was a visionary and futurist. Um, mm. She referred Wait a minute, not to L. the Ron. layers. Is she related to L. Ron? No, no, no relation. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> no. uh, but she referred to the layer around the Earth as the noosphere, the thinking layer of oh. Earth, oh, and wow. that's where she thinks a lot of our of our ideas came <laughs> from. And also, the Writers Guild has to timestamp ideas or, you know, screenplays when right. they come in, because yep. suddenly they'll get 10 screenplays on the same subject. Wow. Oh, like the 100th monkey kind of thing. Right, right. I don't know if they're all floating around the noosphere or what. Yeah, but but it, it just feels like that. It just feels like that. Well, okay. So, so all right. So you're tapped in sometimes. The stuff comes to you. And you publish that book. You liked publishing it. Was it? A great experience? Was it a disappointing experience? Was it what was it? Because sometimes that well, can happen publishing books. It was wonderful to be published, but I I didn't know that as an author you still have to do all the marketing yourself. Yeah. So after And a you're few a marketing years, person. You're a marketer. What's that? You've well, got a degree in marketing. I can do it for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you see? Yeah, that's it's how it really works, hard it? to do it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I got it back, and in 2008, I republished it, and along with another book that I'd written, also you do it downloaded. Yourself? Once, yeah. Did you do it right after, because you, you wanted to give it a better shot. 
Right, right. And that was really the start back at the start of Amazon. So yeah, I remember yeah. when I sold my books, I did better than um, Dan Brown one day on what? my launch. This was back when Amazon was a puppy, so right, <laughs> there weren't a right. whole lot of books out there yet. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you've written, so is, is Life in the Hollywood Lane your 10th book? No. Um, I, 10th published I book? Or? Probably my sixth. And I, I, I've written two more since, well, three. Um, one is published called um, Fresh Off the Starship, and one I have an agent in New York for. Um, Great. And I'm on revisions and going that right, route. You're doing that the route. Only okay. Top five publishing houses. So I really want to experience that. You know, I just sold my first book to Penguin. Uh, I mean, I've, I've published some other books, but not with one of those. And it and I was very glad. You know, we'll see what it's like. Uh, it was a good experience with the last book, but it was a smaller publisher. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that's like. I'll let you know. Well, congratulations. That's oh, wonderful. Thanks. It's been a long. It, and it's been a long time. It's been a long yeah. time. <laughs> I, I have a I, friend I, I, who worked who worked at Tarcher Penguin. Yeah, and yeah, he Tarcher recommends was, yeah. doing it yourself. But I, well, nah. you know what? Okay, yeah. let me just speak to that a little bit. Which is like, I love working with a publisher because they do a lot of stuff that I don't want to do, and I felt like they it got it it had a life to it that if I had done it on my own, it would not have. And I right. don't. You know, I think you. I think here's the thing. I think if you at Tarcher in particular. So for our listeners who don't know, Tarcher is the sort of mind, body, spirit um, uh, house at Penguin, and so they do a lot of uh, teach. You know, spiritual books and teaching books, and they do a lot of books for people who have platforms where the author sells their stuff through the platform. So maybe they've got a workshops they do, or they give speaking gigs, but. That and that and you may have one, but that's different than fiction writers or even what I am, even though I have a platform. Does that make sense? I think that there's, you know, if you have a platform, you can kind of just sell it out of the back of your car and you might do okay, because so many people right, know about right. you, you know. So I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Okay, so let's get to life in the Hollywood Lane. So you said it was a culmination of a lot of the things you did when you were doing. Were you in L.A. in your when you were describing writing your novel and your downloaded book and all that, or where were you then? I was back in Colorado, but I'd been in L.A. working in talent management for a little bit. Right. Okay. And one of our actors, beautiful, talented, funny, gorgeous, outgoing, just fabulous woman committed suicide. Right. And, and that really, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you ever and, understand what, what, what was actually going on in her? Because, you know, there's what you see, all her glitteriness, and then what led her to do that. Did you ever understand what that was? I think drugs and alcohol were involved, but I don't yeah. know. I didn't know her very well, and I don't know for sure how involved okay. they were. Right. Um, but I do know it was very unlike her to leave her pets behind. I, so. Oh, interesting. Okay, so she yeah. was really just, she checked out. Okay, so that yeah. really hit you. That hit you. Yeah, and over the next couple of years, her story came to me, and I wanted her to be the shero of her journey, no matter how it ended. So I wrote the story through the eyes of Trish, her best friend, who mm -hmm. would flash back on lots of 
things that Cindy, the woman who committed suicide in the book, taught her and all the things she learned. And it's a comedy, too, because Trish is quirky. and Right. Yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah. So... And did you so, uh, did Trish's voice? Because it's a very it's she's got a very strong voice, and she greets you right out of the gate. Trish does. Uh, do you uh, did did you did did you just hear her talking to you like okay she's got to tell this story? How did you come to her voice? That's exactly how it happened. I heard her talking to me. Right, She'd right. be one of the characters sitting in my passenger seat talking to me. And I said, wait, wait, hold on. I have to write back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lucky you. It's good to have those people. Right. One of my books I did not want to write, Spellweaver, it's about a witch burning. I mean, uh-huh. that is not a romping good time, and I did not want to write it. So I let it go, and Catriona, the heroine of that book, would not let me go. She was like all in my face saying, you have got to write this story. So I did. (laughs) Right. See, you're lucky. You don't, I'll tell you, you're going to, you're going to miss those people if they ever go. You don't want them to go. They, you you know, you don't want to be writing along and not have characters telling you what they want to do and where they want to go. Right. That would would make writing very, I I think it would make it, I don't do fiction anymore, uh, but, um, I still am surprised. I'm still discovering. I'm still, you know, and if that discovery goes away, I I don't even know what the point of doing it is, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, all right. So you, so when did you start this book? Um, 2017 and it right. came out in 18. So right, it didn't take knocking around. Um, yeah. That was another download. <laughs> Oh, Trisha, oh, it was. Okay, here's my story. Take notes. <laughs> and when you finished it, what did you what, what did you think you wanted to do with it when you when you finished it? In terms of where did you want to where did you want to what did you want to do with it? In terms of did you want to try and get it into oh, New York? I would people? love it to be made into a movie. Um, a movie. All of my books just about could be great movies. Angels on Overtime would make a great movie too. All of them would. Um, the one was, I'm working on now with the agent um, has three main characters, and they're all talking <laughs> me all day that's long. Good. <laughs> so it gets very busy in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, do do your friends? Do you have friends who are not writers or artists that you talk to about this? Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people ask about it a lot. I don't volunteer this information a lot. No, that's good. Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. One time Uh, I had a screenwriting professor, and I mentioned in class that sometimes my writing surprises me. And she said, you mean you write something and you say, I can't believe I just wrote that? And the class laughed, and I did too. But, yes, that's exactly what I meant. Of course. I can't believe I just wrote that. Of course. (laughs) Where did I find that? that's what that's 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 the goal to me right. you kind of all feel like that I, I feel like you get used to it eventually you get used to it. that just becomes normal if you let it that's how you know you're doing it right right yeah, right me. like yeah. ann and bill are completely out of the way and just that's letting them right. use through yeah that's no a, you're and by exactly the way, right that is true even though i the there's a guy named bill in most of the things i write uh, it still is. It's still. I am getting out of the way, and he's like a character more than a than me. You know, 
than like an avatar right. for me. So absolutely you want to get, and isn't it nice to get out of the way? Isn't it yes. nice? Isn't it nice to just oh, not be all caught up in yourself? Right. The product is so much bigger and better when, you know, the little this is me is not in it. It's like, okay, let this thing shine. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when you published it, did you get out there and talk to people? I mean, you're talking to me now, but this was you published it a couple of years ago. Did you do a little book tour type thing with it, or did you just just throw it out there and hope? What did you do? I threw it out there, and I, I did do, you know, the things I found that are most successful are things like advertising through Bargain Booksy. Um, oh, because interesting. Right to your genre, and so... Doing things like that, like the the busy bookworm or whatever, <laughs> little companies like that, they'll they have a following and they'll get it right to their people, their readers. So wow. those interesting things are what I've had the most success with. I had a book bub for Fresh Off the Starship. That's like the gold of all these yeah. little companies. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I've heard of book bub. I've never I've never dabbled in any of that. But I have I know I know writers who are all on the bookbub train. Oh yeah, you get a bookbub, that's a big deal and it's a game changer. Right. So And you got yeah. one. I did. I did. For Fresh Off the Starship and it was like a top seller for a little bit. Very that happy. Is awesome. All right, so you're you're hard at work on the next one. It sounds like uh the one that you're trying to sell now, not downloaded so much, maybe a little more searching necessary. That's okay, you know, by the way. We should never uh, – it's great to have stuff just zap to you, but I think the search can be very satisfying also. Right, right. And I've never been walked through the process to make a book totally commercially viable and, okay, this is what's going to have a publisher want to sell it. So she's walking me through it and say, okay, now you have this. Now you need to do this. Okay, too much that, more right. this. Okay. Oh, so she's I'm very... teaching you. Do you like yeah. working with her? Do you, is it, do yes, you, do you, very much. Do you trust her? Yes, <laughs> very yeah. much. But, yeah, it helps. I'll tell you, I was, I was so happy for my agent when we sold this book. She was great. She uh, got me a good deal, and she just really was tough with them. And it was, it's great to have. For those of you out there, not sure if you want – I understand if you don't want an agent, if you want to do it yourself – but when you're dealing with a publisher, it's great to have an agent because there's a lot of stuff that she was talking about I had no idea about, and right. she did. And so it was right. really, really helpful, not just in terms of the book. She was helpful in getting me my proposal together, but just in terms of all the contract stuff. All right. Well, so that's – hey, well, so, Anne, maybe uh, this agent will get that book together, sell it to Houghton Mifflin or someplace, and then you can come back on the show. And hey, we, I would love that. Right? We can t- and you can tell me what it's like. If you're like, I'm never doing this again, give me my book back. <laughs> or maybe you say, this is this is it. I hope you – I really do get hope you get to find out what that's like and uh, decide if it's for you or not. My guess Thank is it you. will be. You know? Like I said, the editor from Tarcher said do it yourself these days. But I really want to try the other experience like you I, did. And Yeah. Yeah. I re- I just think they can, I just think they can get an energy behind it. I mean, right. I know that terms. I just, I mean, there's a. I'm not convinced of that. I am just not. I just think all the, the amount of 
attention they can give to it to get it into the best possible shape alone is great. Because you're still going to, then you're going to go turn around and have to sell it, do a lot of the kind of marketing yourself anyway, which is fine. But um, all right. Well, so, uh, okay. So that's what you got. You're working on that. That's good. sounds like you're just someone you're growing. You keep expanding. You keep, that's good. This is all good. But uh, I, uh, if, oh, if people want to learn about you, if they're curious about all that you've done or they want to know where to buy your books, what, what's, what's the best place? Where's the best place to go? My website is annecrawford.net, and there's no E on Ann. And right. Crawford, like Cindy Crawford, my twin sister. Exactly. And then dot yes. net, yes. not dot <laughs> Ann, Ann without an E. Uh, right. Not like Ann of Green Gables, but Ann with no E. Crawford.net. Okay, good. Right, right. Uh, and okay. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I'm all over the place. <laughs> good, good. Well, as well you should be. All right, Anne, so I got one more question for you. What I want you to do is finish this sentence. If writing, and you've done a lot of it, if all the writing you've done has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Persevere. That's right. A friend of mine, when I started getting successful with the book, she said, you never gave up. I said, there was nothing else to do. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. It's a good attitude. It's a good attitude. All right, Anne. (laughs) Hey, it was great talking to you. Good luck with Life in the Hollywood Lane. And I won't even ask the title of the next book because don't want to. That's bad mojo. So just whatever that book is, good luck with it. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. All right. Take it easy, Ann. You too. Bye-bye. Yes. Oh, keep going, people. Just, you know, keep your eyes. You know, what's the description of the novel that you write it? It's famous. It's I've So many writers have quoted it to me about the headlights. You can you get, it's like going from Boston to L.A., but all you can see are the your headlights on the road ahead. Life is like that. That's all you can see. It's just the road ahead, and it's okay. Just keep going. Just keep going. It just keeps changing and changing and changing. Well, I'm going to be back again next week. I'm not taking another break. Even though summer is here, it's summer. Oh, my God, it's summer. Like it makes any difference to me. It doesn't. It's just my life is just like a constant. It's the same thing again and again. But it's summer. Why not? little heat. It's good. So I'll be back again next week. Thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, sir. And uh, until then, find something you love to do and do it.